I think I got the memo or something. I got the gray suit and the right tie. So come on, let's give it up for your pastor and his wife today. I think they're pretty awesome. Man, I am so glad to be here today, and I just can't believe it. I've got family here. I've got my daughter, my son-in-law, two of my grandkids here. And uh, this will be the third Sunday I haven't preached at my church, so I hope they will have me back when I, when I get back. And my assistant pastor is here today, so we may not have a church when we get back. But uh, I was born in Independence, Missouri. My father pastored in Kansas City. And so my first years of life were spent here in this area. And so I feel very, very connected to what God is doing. And I have observed from afar all the growth and revival and excellence and everything that is taking place with this church. And so uh, I wanted to be here. And so I'm thankful that God made it possible uh, for me to be here today. And I feel the presence of the Lord, don't you? And I believe in the next few moments that God can speak to us, that God can encourage us. And uh, I'm here to just impart faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And I believe that God wants to speak to us today. How many would like for God to speak to you today? Amen. And uh, I was thinking as they were singing that song about a covenant God, Yahweh, a covenant-keeping God, I was reading a a Hebrew commentary, and the word Yahweh uh, really comes from four consonants, um, Y-H-W-H, which really is unpronounceable, but our best way, they've added vowels and s- said Yahweh, and so it's, it's the best that we know, but uh, I found it interesting that in this commentary, um, it mentioned that the breath of God and how that God breathed into Adam the breath of life. And God is a spirit. It's wind. It's pneuma. And uh, the Bible says in Acts that in him we move, we live, we have our being. And if it were not for God breathing into us the breath of life, none of us would be here today. But I found this interesting that Yahweh, if you would do it, and it's hard to make it resonate, but if you inhale, Yahweh, Yahweh, and Yahweh is the inhale and exhale of breath, and every time you breathe, you're saying the name of God, Yahweh. And I feel like God wants to just breathe fresh breath into somebody today. Amen. I wonder if you just lift your hands right now. Let God breathe on you right now. The sister was talking earlier about burdens and cares and concerns and worries. But God could just breathe on us today. Yahweh can breathe. Come on. In him I move. In him I live. In him I have my being. And so today, as I breathe, I'm honoring God. As I breathe, I'm worshiping him That's why the Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen. I wonder if we could just elevate our worship right now and just let a sound of worship. Come on, if you're breathing today, you have the potential to worship God. If you're breathing today, you have the potential to honor God. 
Hallelujah. God, I worship you. I exalt you today. I magnify you today. God, I worship you today. Hallelujah. 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 And I pray that in your prayer time, you just have silence and just listen to yourself breathe and think about how awesome God is. And if it weren't for him, we wouldn't be here. Amen. Again, I honor your pastor. Thank you for this opportunity. And uh, those that know me, I am not here to sermonize. I'm not here to impress you. And I very rarely even finish a sermon. But I really want God to move here today. I want God to speak to us today. If you would turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 60, verse number 18. I've got two of my grandkids here today, so I'm, I'm feeling good. Amen. I told some men out in the foyer before service, there was a man that was on a desert island, and uh, when they discovered him, he was there by himself, but he had three huts on the island, and somebody said, well, what is that hut over there? And he said, well, it's my house. That's where I live. And somebody said, well, what's that second hut? And he said, well, that's my church. That's where I go to church. And so curiously, they said, well, what is the third hut? And he said, well, that's the church I used to go to. <laughs> so I'm at my other church here today. <laughs> Amen. Isaiah chapter 16, 60, verse number 18. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, and wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation, and thy gates praise. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation. And say it with me, and thy gates praise. I want to just entitle this today, The Battle for the Gates. The Battle for the Gates. And I believe that today there are some places, there are some entry points, there are some strongholds that even uh, the enemy has tried to set up camp in your life and even in the city. And I feel just a prophetic anointing to just affirm to this church that God's hand is upon you. And uh, I was thinking we're in the city of liberty. The scripture says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so if you're in liberty, we just automatically need the Spirit of the Lord to be here. Praise God. And so I just feel a, a, I feel a liberty, but it comes from the Spirit. And I feel like God wants to empower this church to understand that God is with you. God is for you. And there is nothing that can stand against you. And there is a spiritual battle that is taking place, but it's going to be won through your worship, through your praise. And there's a battle for the gates of this city. There's a battle for the gates of your family. There's a battle for every stronghold that the enemy's tried to set up. But I feel victory in this house, and I feel liberty in this house. Come on, if you'll begin to worship and you'll begin to praise, something's going to break in this place. Come on, the enemy's going to be destroyed if somebody will just begin to worship a little bit. Come on. Victory is going to come into your life if you'll just begin to worship a little bit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody beside you and say, I'm going to help the preacher today. And you may be seated. This scripture says that he calls the walls salvation and the gates praise. 
There are many scriptures that some of them I'll read, and we know them, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Jesus said, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Another scripture I love comes from Psalm 87 and 2, and it says that the Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all of the dwellings of Jacob. Gates are important. Turn to somebody and say, gates are important. A couple years ago, my wife and I were privileged to go to the country of Greece, and we went on a trip that was uh, following in the footsteps of Paul. And one of the places, and I think there's a picture, was a place that was called the Lion's Gate. This was a gate that was built in 1250 B.C. before Christ. And it was interesting to see this city and see this gate. It's one of the oldest relics in Europe that is still standing that did not get buried and did not uh, succumb to an earthquake or whatever. And so it's a very historical place. But uh, we, in our mindset, don't necessarily understand gates. We don't understand city walls. We, don't, we didn't live in that time. And so it's not something that we're completely familiar with. But as you read through Scripture, uh, gates were places of commerce. Gates were places that were entry points into a city. It was uh, at the gates that uh, the judges of the city would um, they would adjudicate their uh, cases that would come to them. It was outside of the city gates that criminals were punished. And even the house of God is referred to that it had gates of righteousness. And then we read in Matthew, it said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. In the book of Acts, after the day of Pentecost, it was at the gate, beautiful, that the first miracle was uh, performed after the day of Pentecost. And there that man that was laid daily at the gate of the temple, there he would ask for alms as people would enter into the temple. So I have thought about this scripture. I feel like, and even as the sister was mentioning today about life and how problems and things that uh, can come against us. It seems like sometimes the enemy will set up camp right on the doorstep of the house of God. This was a, a, a situation that looked impossible. This was a situation that this man had been sat there daily and it was almost like in your face as you go to worship Here's this man that is crippled, and here's this man that has a problem. But we know the story, how that after Pentecost, and they were endued with a power from on high. Today was a different day. Today was a new day. Today they were going to the house of God with something that they had never had before and those men of God looked at him and said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. And in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. I want to preach to somebody that maybe on the way to church you had to walk past a, a picture of a backslider or you had to walk out of a home with somebody who does not live for God 
Or maybe you had to drive by a place that brings back memories or uh, something that is difficult or even a hospital where someone may be sick today. But I'm preaching about the battle for the gates and I want to tell you that God is here today. And I have a God that can do the miraculous. And I have a God that can set people free. And I have a God that can do the impossible. As I have just driven through your city in the past few days, and many times when I go somewhere, it's difficult for me to even know what I'm going to do. And uh, they ask for my sermon title, and they ask for my notes, and I'm just very touchy-feely, and uh, you never know where it might end up or where it's going to go. But uh, uh, I, I sense uh, just uh, uh, an expectation of what God wants to do in this city. I have not known your pastor and his wife very long, but I admire them and have observed their excellence and their dedication and their, uh, their uh, excellence in the things that they do in the kingdom of God. And just being here for this service, I came to this building years ago as, as a, a kid and uh, my own father was partly responsible for bringing my uncle John Morgans to this city and Today I'm preaching with my dad's Bible and I just feel something and I feel a connection to tell you that that revival is not something that has to be prolonged into the future. But I believe that, that there is a stronghold and there is a gate that the enemy has tried to set up and it's not a physical gate but it is a spiritual gate. But I believe that God has gathered some people here and we understand the walls are salvation. And there's some people here that believe Acts 2.38. And you believe in the oneness of God. And you believe all of the things that are wrapped up in those walls. But he said it's the gates that are praise. And it's the gates that become the most vulnerable place. It is the entryway. It is where things go in. And it is where things go out. And there's got to be somebody that stands in the gate and says there's some things that we want. We want a move of God. We want the miraculous. We want revival. Come on, we want God to move in our city. And there's some things that the enemy wants to bring in, division and, and confusion. And, and we say, oh no, that's not coming in because there's a battle for the gates. And every time we come to the house of God, that's why it's important that we participate and that we get involved and we connect with the Spirit. This is not just a time to just waste our time, but in this service, eternity is at stake. And there are people that have real needs and there are people that have real circumstances that they need God to move in. And so I've got to stand in the gate with my worship and with my praise and say there's a battle going on for the gates. I wonder if we could just lift our hands all across this building right now. Come on, I wonder if this church could just begin to let a, a, a praise come out of your spirit. Come on, the Bible says I'm to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and I'm to enter into his courts with praise. Come on, that's the fundamental, elementary, basic starting place. If I want to go somewhere in God, I've got to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And I've got to enter into his courts with praise. Hallelujah. I want to help somebody today. See, the devil 
He knows where to attack us. And he knows where to come against us. See, walls are not as vulnerable as gates are. Walls are more solid than a gate is. Because usually a wall was made of rock and stone. But that gate was made of reinforced wood. And so when an enemy would try and come against the city, they would try and come against the gate. And so there's things in your life, especially some of you that have been living for God for any length of time. The enemy's not going to mess with you over Acts 2.38. He's not going to mess with you over the oneness of God. He's not going to mess with you over things that are just fundamental. But let's be honest. Sometimes when we get discouraged, one of the first things that's, that, that, that becomes missing in our life is worship and praise. Can I get an amen? amen? Sometimes we predicate our praise and our worship on if I'm feeling good or if I got money in the bank or if I'm feeling healthy in my body and my relationships are going good. But I have learned that when the enemy comes against my prayer and he comes against my praise, I understand that that's not the time for me to be silent. But that's the time for me to elevate my praise. That's the time for me to elevate my prayer. That's the time for me to elevate those things that the enemy is trying to tie up. Because he calleth the gates or the walls salvation, but he calls the gates praise. And I believe today that God wants this church to take this city. I believe God wants this church to have apostolic revival. I believe God wants this church to be elevated in this community. And he's going to do everything he can to come against those vulnerable t places in your life. And he's going to come against those things that are gateways into your life. My prayer is a gateway. My praise is a gateway. My thanksgiving is a gateway. Holiness is a gateway. Truth is a gateway. Revelation is a gateway. My faith is a gateway. I can't get to where God wants me to go without faith. It's impossible to please God. And I wish somebody, sometimes we just need to get a, I remember when I was in, in I think the eighth grade, I had, I had glasses, I parted my hair, I sang in the choir, and uh, I was the perfect object to pick on. And uh, I was the preacher's kid. I didn't do all the cool stuff that all the other kids did. And uh, I played the trumpet. And uh, I remember sitting on my trumpet case one day, and it was at the end of school. I had P.E. for the last hour, and the bully of the school came, and I'm just sitting there waiting for the bell to ring and go to the buses. And he came, and he kicked my trumpet case out from underneath me. And there I fell uh, flat on the gym floor, and all the guys in the gym were laughing. And uh, I don't know if it was the Holy Ghost or what it was, but uh, something got a hold of me, praise God. It got in my hands. It got in my feet, praise God. It got all over me, and I just came off that floor, and I decked that guy and uh, sent him uh, reeling back and just continued on until I had pummeled him pretty good. And it was the only paddling I ever got at school, but I kind of enjoyed it, praise God. And that guy, he never messed with me throughout my high school years. And uh, 
just recently he connected to me on Facebook, and I preached about him a couple times, and I thought, oh, my God, I think uh, he's, he's looked me up, and he's on Facebook, and I'm going to have to deal with him again. But sometimes we just need to get a holy boldness because the enemy, he tries to come in. He'll try and squash a service when God wants to move. He'll try and, and steal your joy in your home and on your job. He'll try and steal your worship. He'll try and steal your peace and satisfaction. But somebody's got to battle at the gates and say, you know what? The Lord is good. Amen. The Lord is good. Come on. He is great and he is greatly to be praised. I may not feel like it. I may not want to. I may not have everything that I need, but I'm just going to battle for the gates and I'm going to give God some praise and I'm going to send the enemy running. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody just shout hallelujah right now. Hallelujah. Too many times we attach our worship to our feelings. But worship is an act of faith that engages not out of what I feel, but because he is worthy to be praised. And even when I don't feel like it, I'm going to give God praise. Hallelujah. This verse says, violence shall no more be heard in thy land, and wasting nor destruction within thy borders. That's a pretty good promise right there. Can I get an amen? Come on, I, I'm tired of the enemy spoiling what I have. I'm tired of the enemy having victory within my borders. Come on, devil, get out of here. Some of y'all need to go, go home today and just anoint your doorpost and say, you know what, this is a gate right here. And I'm saying, you've, you've, you've had your way long enough. I'm claiming this scripture. Come on, some of you ought to get in the middle of your door and just do a little dance and do a little worship and say, you know what, I'm claiming victory over my house. I'm claiming victory over my kids. I'm claiming victory over this city. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm tired of partial victory. I'm tired of just getting a touch, but I want total victory. I want to get in the gate and say, hey, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. The Bible says that how can uh, the, the, the enemy break in and steal except, except he first bind the strong man. Somewhere there's got to be a boldness in us that stands in opposition to what the enemy wants to do and say, no, there's a battle for the gates. Hallelujah. In Nehemiah, Nehemiah began to be concerned, and I'll read just several scriptures and try not belabor this story, but Nehemiah chapter 1, verse number 3, they said unto me, the remnant are left of the captivity there in the province, and they are in great affliction, reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. In chapter 2, verse 3, he said unto the king, let the king live forever, why should not my countenance be sad when the city, somebody say the city, the city, the place of my father's sepulchers lieth in waste and the gates are consumed with fire. Verse 13, he said, I, I went out by night. He was doing a gate inspection. He went out by night, the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, the dung port. And he viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. 
He began to be concerned. This city that I love, he was coming from a place of captivity, but he was remembering God's promises. And there's going to be a day that God's going to bring us back and he's going to have walls that are salvation. And he's going to have gates that are going to be praise. And I don't care what it looks like right now, but somebody has got to get an attitude that no, no matter how devastating it looks, God is a God of restoration. Hallelujah. I said God is a God of restoration. I said God is a God of restoration. Come on, I want to speak that there is a backslider revival that God wants to give this church. I said there is a backslider revival that God could give this church. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what the gates look like or what the walls look like. Somebody's got to be concerned. So he began to divide the responsibility. And he began to put families. And I, I won't go through it. You read it on your own. But somebody would take a responsibility for this gate. And somebody would take responsibility for this gate. And it was interesting that even before they built the walls, they built the gates. They had to position them and place them. They, they knew in Nehemiah 3 and 3, it said, But the fish gate did not the sons of Hassaniah build, which also laid the beams thereof, and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. Hallelujah. When I was praying this morning, I didn't see it just um, consciously, I don't think, yesterday. But I saw these doors right here when I was praying this morning. I guess these are doors to your baptismal. Amen. You're smiling, so I don't know what this, the secret story is. Amen. But I, I just saw these as some gates. And I had these in my mind this morning as I was praying for your pastor and his wife. And I was praying for this city. Amen. God has sent them here. And God has anointed them here. And they're gatekeepers for this area and for this city. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what? They're not going to do it. But Nehemiah saw it first, but he said, I've got to get some help. And somebody has got to, to feel the need and feel the responsibility. He can't be the only one that prays. He can't be the only one that witnesses. He can't be the only one that works. He can't be, and, and I don't think that's the case. And I want to compliment this church, and I'm indebted to you for how you served our family yesterday. But I want to tell you, get ready to work because revival's coming, and revival is going to cost work, and revival's going to make you sweat, and revival's going to make you sacrifice, and revival's going to make you, 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 you have to give, and revival's going to have to make you do things that are going to be out of your comfort zone but I think there's some people here that are saying come on let's build the gates come on let's build the walls come on let's have revival <laughs> hallelujah and I believe that God wants this church and I, I, I wish we could see and I was when I was praying I was thinking about that well that, that Jesus said I must needs go to Samaria 
And there was a well that was prepared that hundreds of years before had, had been dug. But it was like God knew all the time. And in the future, he knew that he was creating a meeting place for him to meet that lady at the well. And over 50 years ago, when this church started, uh, you know, none of us could conceive where we are in time and politics and economics and whatever. But God did. And I want to tell you that God has strategically placed you and you are a well for this city for people to come that need answers in their life. Come on, you've had five husbands and the one you're with is not the, the, the even your own. But God said, I've come to give you water and I've come to give you something to drink. Come on, there's a place here. that God has called this church to be and to do. And Nehemiah or in 2 Chronicles 14 and 7, it says, Therefore he said unto Judah, Let us build these cities, and let us make about them walls and towers and gates and bars, while the land is yet before us, because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him, and he hath given us rest on every side. And they built, and they prospered. I don't know what the next step is for this church, but I want to tell you that God knows what it is. God knows where it is. God knows what it is. And if you'll be a gatekeeper and you'll just say, God, I'm just going to keep on praying. I'm just going to keep on being faithful. I'm just going to keep on trusting you. I'm just going to keep on giving. I'm just going to keep being faithful to the house of God. I want to tell you, if we've got some gatekeepers in this church and we got some people that will stand beside your pastor and his wife, there is no telling what God's going to do in this city. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am not saying this empty, imp, in an empty way today. I can't even say the word. Praise God. Amen. God's hand is on this church and God's hand. And I know that you maybe have been in a season where it seems like, well, what's next? And what are we doing? And where are we going? And how's this all going to work out? I know in 2020 for us as a church, for everybody, it was crazy. It was COVID. We hadn't had church. We're doing online. It disrupted all of our norms. And we were just kind of like everybody else, just trying to figure it out. But in November, God dealt with me. And I knew there were home missions pastors. And I know your pastor is involved in that and has a burden. And, and so I began to be concerned about home missions pastors that they hadn't had church. And the finances were affected and whatever. So in no November, we sent just a care basket and an offering to all about 40 home missionaries, all the ones in our state and those that we were connected to. Um, we just blessed them. And I sent them a book that I had read, Leadership Pain, that I knew would be a blessing to them and uh, sent gift cards to their kids. And so we did that. And I just want to tell you, sometimes you got to do things in a season that it doesn't make sense. I preached a message from... I think it's Genesis 26 where it says that Isaac sowed in a famine. That doesn't make sense. Sowing a famine? That doesn't make sense. Sometimes you got to do things that don't make sense. you got to do things that, well, this doesn't feel like the right time. It doesn't, whatever. But uh, Isaac's father, when the famine came, had fled to Egypt. And God said, don't do what your dad did. You just stay here. You just stay planted. And you do what I tell you, and God's going to bless you. The Bible says that he sowed in a famine, and in the same year, somebody say in the same year. In the same year, he reaped a hundred 
fold. Now that, that's exciting. And God honors sowing and, and he blesses sowing and reaping, law sowing and reaping. But I don't have the verse, but you read it. It says he reaped a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Anybody ever had a banana split? Somebody was talking about apple pie and ice cream yesterday, praise God. We were all shouting over apple pie and ice cream yesterday. In fact, they shouted more over apple pie and ice cream yesterday. I mean, we need an apple pie and ice cream anointing here today, praise God. But that cherry on top just makes it better. He reaped a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. I don't say what I'm saying very often because not everybody can understand it or appreciate it and I don't ever want to come across as grandiose but I'm just telling you what God did for us that's all I can tell you I did that in November on December 31st we received a check for $955,000 I don't say that to brag other than on God and to tell this church I believe you have that kind of anointing I'm not prophesying you're getting a $955,000 check We'll take it, Lord, if you want to do it. But I am telling you that you can get into a realm where you do what you can do. God will do what he can do. Hallelujah. And I want just so faith. Sometimes we get discouraged doing what we can do, and, and we think that, that we're going to do it. And, and we start counting, you know, who's here and what we have, whatever. But I'm just telling this church, if you'll do what you can do, and you'll sow sometimes in a famine when it doesn't make sense, not only will you reap and be blessed from what you've sown, but in addition to what you've sown, and the Lord blessed him. I, I want to move into that exponential blessing zone. I want to move into that exponential place. And so I feel like God has that kind of blessing for people that'll say, I'm battling for the gates. I'm battling for revival. I'm battling for the, the next place that God's going to bring this church to. Come on, somebody's got to say, I feel responsible. I, I, I feel ownership. I feel like I'm part of what God is getting ready to do. Come on, I wish I had some gatekeepers that would just stand up right now. And lift your hands to heaven and let a praise come out of your mouth. Come on, why don't you sow a seed of worship right now in the middle of a financial difficulty? Come on, why don't you sow a seed of worship right now in the middle of sickness and, and maybe discouragement or whatever it is that you're facing? Come on, I'm a gatekeeper today. Come on, I'm battling for the gates of this city Come on, I'm battling for what God wants to do. I'm battling for my home and for my family and for my kids. And I believe that God is going to do something miraculous. Hallelujah. Come on, why don't you join hands with somebody beside you right now. Come on, why don't you just release faith? Come on, grab hands with somebody and lift your hand in the air right now. And come on, God, I'm battling right now for the future of this church. I'm battling for revival in this city. God, I'm battling right now, God, for your will and for your purpose on our lives and our families individually and collectively, God. What do you want to do? God, where do you want to move? 
How do you want to bless God? Come on. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Hallelujah. Come on, something's happening here right now. Come on, something's taking place right now. Come on, something's moving right now. Come on, something's being released right now. Come on, the enemy's being defeated right now. Come on, the opposition is on the run right now. Come on, what has come against you has got to leave seven ways. When you begin to stand in the gate and say, God, I'm battling for the gates of revival. I'm battling for the gates of this city. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, there's just something breaking in the spirit right now. Come on, there's something being developed. Come on, there's something being birthed. Come on, there's a passion. Come on, somebody's got to get a concern. Somebody's got to say, I'll take this gate. I'll take this gate. Come on, I'll take this gate. The enemy's had his way long enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, keep sowing in a famine and watch God bless it. Come on, keep doing the right thing in a difficult season and watch God perform the miracle. Come on, you keep doing what you can do and you watch God do what only he can do. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I want your pastor and his wife. Amen. I, I told you I never finish a sermon, so today is no exception. Amen. I want y'all just to come and stand at this gate up here and represent this gate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I speak revival over this city. Come on, I speak backsliders coming back. Come on, I speak financial provision. Come on, I speak, God, whatever building you have for us. God, whatever is next for us, God. Amen. Come on, would you reach your hands toward your pastor and his wife right now? Come on, they're battling for the gates of this city. Come on, in the gates of hell shall not prevail, shall not prevail, shall not prevail, shall not prevail. Against the church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, come on, Refuge Church. Are you ready for what God's getting ready to do? Come on, are you ready for the revival God wants to send? Come on, are you ready for testimonies of the miraculous that God wants to do? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. 
I know this may be different, and maybe if you're a guest here, just pardon us, but I just feel just an anointed moment for this church. Amen. This church has been a blessing. This church was built on sacrifice. This building right here, there's so many memories and things that God has done. But obviously God is leading and God is, is taking us somewhere else. And we're thankful for where we've been. Amen. But I, I would like for us to just spread around. There's something getting ready to happen. I'm going to read another scripture here in a moment. But I want to just get around this building and just put your hand on the wall and just, just signify the walls and the gates. Amen. We're just going to have a little prayer meeting right now. Y'all stay up here. Amen. Something's getting ready to happen. I, there's, there's no telling what God's going to do in the next couple weeks, in the next couple months, because there's going to be some gatekeepers. And I want you to just get a hand on that wall. Maybe God's going to put somebody in your mind that you're going to pray for. Maybe God's going to put Put a need that this church has that you're going to pray for. Amen. Pastor, I believe there's people coming. You, you've prayed and asked God, we need this. We need, we need people that are d- skilled and devoted and whatever. Amen. I believe God's already answered that. Even the last few weeks. Amen. There are people that God's going to send to this church. Amen. God has not called this church to be ordinary, but God has called this church to be extraordinary. Amen. And he's given you leaders to be able to facilitate that. Amen. I want you to put your hand on that wall right now. If you've ever prayed in the Holy Ghost, I want you to pray right now. Come on. This is not an empty exercise. Amen. But God is moving and God is working. Amen. Come on. You're standing as a gatekeeper right now. Amen. Come on. You're like Nehemiah. You may be looking over a city that doesn't have God and has problems and families and situations that need intervention. But come on. We're battling for the gates right now. Come on. We're battling for the gates right now. We're battling for the future right now. We're battling for our kids right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, release something in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm battling for the gates, God. I'm battling for the gates, God. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, the psalmist said, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Come on, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Come on, I wish you'd lift up your hand, your voice, your heart right now. And lift up a praise. Come on, the King is coming. Come on, the King is coming. The King is coming. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd help me, I want just in closing, Nehemiah 12. Thank you so much for just being obedient, participating in what God wants to do. Nehemiah 12, they've got the walls built. We've got the gates in place. If you want to just stay where you're at, it's fine. The Bible says that the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem 
They sought out Levites out of their places to bring them to Jerusalem to keep the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgivings and with singing and cymbals and psalteries and harps. The sons of the singers gathered themselves together from the villages and from the house of Gilgal and out of the fields of Geba. And the singers had builded them villages round about Jerusalem. And the priests and the Levites, they purified themselves and they purified the people. They purified the gates and the wall. They brought the princes of Judah upon the wall and appointed two great companies of them that gave thanks, whereof one went on the right hand upon the wall of the dung gate. And just for time's sake, it just goes on. And one went to the fountain gate, and one went to the water gate, and one went to the gate of Ephraim, and one went to the old gate, and one went to the sheep gate, and one went to the prison gate. They're all just scattered out, kind of like we are today. So in God, we're dedicating ourselves, dedicating the gates, dedicating the walls. God, we're dedicating ourselves back to you. We know what it was to be in captivity. We know what it was to see this place in desolation. But God, you're building something. You're growing something. You're doing something. God, you're building a place where we can come into and the enemy's not going to have his way anymore. And We're going to be protected. We're going to have worship again. We're going to have a house of God again. We're going to be, be a people again. Verse 43 says, And that day they offered great sacrifices and they rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The wives also and the children rejoiced, and that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. Hallelujah. I feel like something has started today, and there's a joy that's coming back to this house. Hallelujah. There's a peace that's coming into this house. There's an appreciation not just for a building, but for the people God has connected us with. Come on, you're part of that building. The Bible says we're, 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 we're being put into a spiritual house. We're lively stones that have been placed. And God's placed you strategically here. God's brought your giftings and your experiences and everything that you are to be a part of what God is doing. They lifted up their voices in a shout. Worship was heard. I believe something's getting ready to be heard in this community. People are going to say, man, I want to, I want to go hear what's happening at Refuge Church. Come on, I, I've heard about people being delivered at that church. I've heard about people being healed at that church. I've heard about people being set free at that church. Hallelujah. Come on, can we just lift our hands? I feel that breath of God we talked about earlier. Come on, that inhale and that exhale of refreshing of the Spirit refreshing of passion and refreshing of, of future and prophetic anointing and expectation of what God wants to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody just begin to worship. Come on. Whatever gate you're at today, come on, just worship. Come on, whatever place you feel in this church, just worship. Come on, you may be a Sunday school teacher, but worship, that may be your gate. Come on, you may be an usher. I'd rather be a doorkeeper than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Come on, that may be your gate. But whatever gate you're at today, come on, lift up your, your voice. Come on, let a sound be heard of joy in this city. And let people come 
see what God is doing. Hallelujah. Come on, in conclusion, as they begin to sing, come on, let's just worship the Lord for a moment. Hallelujah. Come on, if you feel like it, reach over and pray with somebody. Come on, if you feel like it, just step out and walk around this building. Come on, whatever you feel like doing, I'm a gatekeeper. Come on, I'm a gatekeeper. I'm a gatekeeper. together come on we got people praying come on somebody could get the Holy Ghost here today come on somebody could get a miracle here today come on come on come on in his presence there's fullness of joy come on at his right hand there's pleasures whatever you need it's here today come on encouragement's coming for somebody come on strength is coming for somebody hallelujah 